and welcome to Hacks on Drag, a podcast miniseries examining the legacy of Bram Stoker's iconic vampire novel. I'm Matt. I'm Chris. Your intro gets me every time. <laughs> I always forget how silly it is. I've finally got to the point where even I can get through it without giggling now, but but then you, you ruined it. Sorry. That's ah, all good. Uh, so yeah, so we're, yeah, we're talking about, as you know, if you've been listening this whole time, but if you're just jumping in on this episode, this is a podcast where we're talking about, uh, just kind of the pop culture impact of Dracula by looking at the novel Dracula and then many different film adaptations of Dracula and kind of examining where, like, when you think of Dracula in your head, like, you have a very particular image of Dracula that you probably think of, but a lot of that doesn't come from the book, it comes from other media and other things. And uh, so we're kind of over the course of like nine or ten episodes or so examining where those kind of come from by looking at different movies and such. So yeah, today we're, we're starting to get into the bad, bad territory. <laughs> we're starting to get into well, we're starting to get into because like the first couple Dracula adaptations, what they have in their favor is that they're the first. Uh-huh. So they get to kind of, you know, be the, the hallmarks and, you know, create the iconography and we're starting to get to the point in our series where we're kind of in like the mid 70s, the early to mid 70s. There's been a couple Dracula adaptations at this point. Yeah, film has changed a lot too by this point. Oh, for sure. Film and TV, because uh, one of these adaptations is both a TV movie. Yeah, one of them we're going to be talking about is a TV movie. Yeah, so like television's kind of started to come into mm-hmm. its own a little bit more. Uh, film has evolved and adapted a lot more to where like because the early Dracula adaptations are good but something that they kind of struggle with too is that they're made at a time when film is still kind of coming into its own where people are still trying to figure out how to make movies period you know the Bela Lugosi Dracula is very much just like a play being filmed at times so you know you're getting into the 70s and people are like wanting to remake these kind of older movies but to kind of do them in a more modernized more Mm -hmm. kind of cinema style but at the same time there's still not wanting to deviate too much from the Dracula look and everything right and I think that's Frank Langella um movie that we're about to talk about almost like it's like around the time period of of star wars and superman and it definitely feels like they were trying to make like this superman-esque type movie yeah this is like the the big hollywood version of like Mm -hmm. the the big blockbuster version of dracula that they're trying to do yeah so yeah so as uh chris said today we're going to be talking about two versions of Dracula as they're both kind of middle of the road and we we're afraid that we'll run out of things to talk about if we try to do them <laughs> yeah, one at a time. Uh, so we're going to be talking about uh, Dan Curtis Dracula, which is the 1973 film that stars uh, Jack Palance's Dracula uh, <laughs> to mixed results. And uh, we're also going to be talking about uh, Frank Langella's Dracula, which yes. is from 1979. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's the the big Hollywood one. So yeah, so the Dan Curtis one's the made for TV Dracula. Very, very low budget. Very low budget. And I wanted to do both of these together because they, like I said, they're they're both very mediocre adaptations. Yeah, they're, they're not bad. They have their you know their pluses and minuses. They're not bad, but yeah, they're they're definitely not setting the standard on Dracula. They're not pushing the character forward or anything. It's very much just kind of a a retreading of what's already been done in a kind of more modernized style, but it's not really enough to set them apart. Right. And, uh, but we kind of found watching them that there's a lot of other weird similarities between them too, Mm -hmm. because they, 
like, well, for one, they both kind of are coming out of weird trends that are happening with vampires at the time, where people are going, like, X trend is hot with vampires right now. Let's take that and apply that to Dracula. Which, yeah, kind of still happening, too. Oh, for sure. Yeah, like... With like you know, people complain about you know like Twilight and how like those are like making vampires like look sissy and make them more emotional. But the shit was happening back in the seventies. <laughs> yeah. Was like because especially the Frank Langella one. It's it's super. Uh, it's, the marketing and everything they were just all about making it a romantic movie. Yeah, it's it's marketed as I believe. Let me pull up the page so I can make sure I have the wording on this right. Yeah, it was park it was marketed as Dracula, a love story. Right. Like it says it on the poster, and it's just got like Frank Langella with his big sexy face, because yeah, like this was coming out of like uh, the trend of you know like uh, the Dan Curtis Dracula. Dan Curtis is the man that made Dark Shadows. And Dark Shadows, for people that don't know, was kind of like a soap opera that came on in like mm. the, I believe it was like the early 60s. Was it early 60s? Yeah, I know. Or, it was early mid 60s. And it kind yeah. of like ran until like the late 70s. They kind of did some TV movies and things. Mm. It has kind of like a long life. It was recently re- remade into a terrible movie starring Johnny, Johnny Depp. Depp. Yeah. Uh, but, the, but the thing that this kind of did is it took vampires, which at this point were still very much kind of evil figures you know they were always depicted as like the villain even though you know uh, bell lugosi's dracula was very attractive to mm. women and christopher lee's dracula was like you know attractive to women and stuff they weren't trying to be sexy they were kind of you know just stoic and they just were the character and it was just by being that's that's what made them attractive yeah uh but were there were there any vampires on the monsters well like eddie Munster. well no eddie Munster was like a wolf he's man. like a wolf boy i i think well was was the the wife she was kind of a vampire she wasn't was. she yeah i think she, she kind of has like the bride of frankensteinish hair but she had like fangs too i want to say I think so yeah i'm not as up on my monsters we were we were more <laughs> of an adam's family house growing up it feels yeah, like no i never watched the monsters either that was like the stuff that my dad was like no nah, that's don't watch that shit <laughs> <laughs> like like the monsters was like too goofy for me like the adam's family is like just goofy enough but it's still mm-hmm. kind of like weird and morbid yeah but it's like, but that's that's a story that, that's for a another whole other, time. Whole other pod. The month we'll do a monsters recap podcast. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if this just like this podcast was just like a weird backdoor podcast for like another <laughs> monsters podcast that we're launching, and God. we just deviate the whole episode right now? There's got to be someone has to have a monsters podcast. Right? Oh, for sure. <clears throat> There's got to be. But but the point okay. of all this is that we didn't have a lot of sympathetic vampire figures at this point, and then Dark Shadows came along, and it made like a like a long running soap opera where like the vampires were like the heroes, you mm-hmm. know, and that was kind of a, a new thing. And then the the Frank Langella one is kind of coming out of that's the first vampire or the first Dracula adaptation to come out post Anne Rice's interview with a vampire, right. which was like the twilight of its day, right, that, right. you know turn vampires and these like super sexy romantic sympathetic figures so they're like you know dark shadows is popular let's take the guy who did dark shadows and we'll have him make a dracula movie and that's where we get dan curtis's dracula and the frank langella one it's like sexy vampires and anne rice are you know popular and you know the, the anne rice book came out in 1976 so it's literally you know this Dracula, the Dan Curtis Dracula, was like 73, so it was like Dark Shadows is popular, uh-huh. then the Dan Curtis Dracula comes out, then Anne Rice happens, right, then right, the right. Frank Langella Dracula comes out. I mean, that's the so. thing with Dracula, it's like it can be, the whole story can just be adapted with the times, or it's, it is like remarkable, like I kind of wish that 
it's starting to get to that point, but like characters like Dracula, like Batman or something, yeah. like, just like these super iconic characters. There's just like multiple interpretations that will come out oh, yeah. every year, every other year, whatever. Oh, yeah. I and mean, it's getting to that point with Batman. I mean, in the past 10 years, we've gotten um, like at least three different people playing Batman. Yeah. Right? And, <laughs> or like in TV. And, and, yeah. Yeah. And, and just like with like Dracula, the more times it's adapted, the less kind of iconic and the less you're kind of pushing the character, you yeah. know, forward or whatever. Because, you know, like the because, you know, like the Adam West Batman was so iconic because there was no other really on screen Batman. There was like those like weird ass like 40s serials, serials and yeah. stuff. But, you know, he was like the first time Batman was on screen. He kind of like set the standard. And then you have the Michael Keaton one, which, you know, takes that and then pushes it up to the right. next level. And then, you know, the Christian Bale one did that a little bit more, but not quite as much. And then mm. the Ben Affleck, you know, and it's all just, it all just starts like piling on and like the impact is less and less. And, yeah. And that's kind of what we have starting to happen here is, you know, mm. people are starting to do, this is like around the point where it's like, this is like the last of like the straight Dracula adaptations. I feel like that are like big and noteworthy because they keep, we keep having Dracula adaptations. We're going to do a couple more episodes on them, but they they start to get weirder with it after this or uh -huh. they start like modernizing you don't see a lot of you know just straight up like from the time period adaptations of dracula anymore right. well so the jack pounds i guess let's just like briefly talk about that one first so like the Jack Pounds, Dan Curtis one. Yes. It's like very faithful to the story. Oh, extremely. Think. It's written by Richard Matheson. Right. Who is a, a famous science fiction writer. Wrote a bunch of Twilight Zone. Wrote episodes. a bunch of Twilight Zone episodes, wrote a Star Trek episode, wrote a bunch of noteworthy short stories mm -hmm. and whatnot. Great, great writer. And, you know, produced by Dan Curtis, obviously. So it's like, yeah. how could this fail? <laughs> well, it's it's... It's super low budget. It's a TV movie. Too. It's a TV movie. Which, and and Dark Shadows was like a hilariously low budget TV mm -hmm. series. When you watch it, it's, you know, like it's a show where, you know, they're walking in graveyards and the tombstones like wobble and yeah. it gets left in the final cut. And it and, you know, this Dracula feels like that, too. And it's it almost kind of feels like it's made on like a time limit or something <laughs> like it's like some shots. It's like you couldn't just do that take again. Yeah. There's a lot of like it feels like a rushed kind of production. There's a almost. lot of that. There's a lot of extreme close up shots of Jack Palance. <laughs> so many extreme close ups. And Jack Palance is just kind of like a boring Dracula in this too. Yeah, it's he's like a he's they got no personality whatsoever. No, complete opposite of uh, Frank Langella, who's like a ladies man. Oh, yeah, and he's, like, smooth, and he's, you yeah, know, he's like wooing Bond. ladies. Yeah. Like, every other shot of, of um, the Jack Palance Dracula, sorry, I had, like, a mini stroke trying to remember which Dracula I was talking about. <laughs> the Jack Palance Dracula, like, he, like, there's so many shots of him where he's just, like, standing there, like, his mouth's just, like, hanging open, yeah. and he looks like he's about to sneeze. <laughs> and it's like, what, what emotion do you think Jack Palance is expressing in this scene? Yeah, he's got so few lines, too. He's mostly just like kind of staring from afar <laughs> yeah well this well they can kind of do that with this dracula because like we said this is extremely faithful to the original dracula and mm -hmm. that you know dracula is kind of this like often the background kind of menace and is influencing things from the background but you want jack palance your star of the film to still be in a lot of the movie so there's right. just a lot of shots of him just like hanging out outside of houses and windows and just yeah. like it's like Dracula has enough power, I feel like, to where like he could probably just do this from his house. Like you don't have to be like right outside to just, you know Yeah, it's also make Jack people Pounds, fall asleep or whatever. So far Jack Pound's the 
is the puffiest vampire. Or He's Dracula so bloaty. He looks really bloated. And he also looks, um, he doesn't look that much younger than I would have expected, considering this came out in uh yeah like he's he looks like ancient but he you know like he looks kind of the same as he did for the rest of his life <laughs> yeah like city slicker is like same yeah like he he's just like one of those people like you know there's like people out there who they just like they get old looking extremely young but then they kind of just like stay that way and you kind of just can't yeah. tell how you know like leslie Bernie nielsen Sanders. was kind of that way leslie nielsen yeah totally. where he like in the 70s just like looked old already and then when he passed away it was like so surprising because you just didn't realize how old he was because he just looked old for forever like steve martin's gonna be the same way Way. like i don't how oh, yeah. old is steve martin right now he's just looked old forever I so i don't know, I know. like that guy's been old since i was a little kid <laughs> he's looked old since he was on saturday night live in the 70s <laughs> and i guess jack palance is that way but he had to be drinking or something during this like right like yeah. there's no way like a sober person would make some of the, <laughs> the acting choices that he makes in this movie there's yeah Either that or this was like a total just contractual obligation. And he was just like, fuck this. Yeah. Because like, yeah, like, because Dracula has like weaknesses like Dracula does in every movie. You know, mm. he doesn't like crosses or garlic. But when people kind of like hold his garlic toward him, he doesn't like react like, you know, you yeah. expect Dracula like, ah, like yeah, he yeah. kind of just like, he kind of just like scrunches his face and yeah, kind of yeah. like tries He's to like, like move oh. away from it a little bit. Oh, come <laughs> like, on, cut that out. It's it's like when you're on the train and there's like a, like a smelly person that keeps getting near you and you kind of just try, you're kind of like, ah, and you kind of just like try to slowly walk away from it. Like he does that. It's very amusing. There's a, yeah, he has a, a few scenes like that. That scene was really hilarious because he's like kind of just like pacing back and forth. And he's <laughs> yeah. like, he's like, yeah. Because, yeah, it's like the, it's like the big scene where he's confronted about that he's actually a vampire. And, mm. and they're like, how do you feel about this, Dracula? And they hold the garlic <laughs> out toward him. And he's kind of just like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's yeah. the, it's the most half-hearted Dracula performance, but that that's kind of what makes it great. Right. Like, <laughs> well, and as you pointed out, uh, we were just watching um, part of it, but there's like a total Tommy Wiseau scene yeah. after he finds Lucy's been killed. Yeah. He like destroys uh, his entire tomb. It's very funny. Yeah, which we should point out. So so this one kind of sets up that the that this Dracula and, well, actually both yeah. the Draculas we watched tonight point out that they're the first to make the connection that this Dracula is the historical Vlad Tepish Dracula, right. which we didn't talk about in our first episode of Dracula too much. I mm-hmm. think uh, because I think we brought it up, we, yeah. we might have briefly brought it up, but like the historical Dracula has nothing to do with the the book Dracula right. outside of Bram Stoker thought Dracula was a neat name, right? Any so kind now, of this is like the beginning of where we're starting to see people just connecting that to like the actual story of Dracula. Yeah. So is this, do you think the 1973 version um, was the first to do that? I, I think it was. Yeah. This is because I think, yeah, Fran, like it notes, well, it notes it on the Wikipedia page. So I'm not sure how <laughs> accurate this is. But yeah, like they, they talk about how um, this was originally marketed as Bram Stoker's Dracula. And then Francis Ford Coppola right. bought the name to Bram Stoker's Dracula. So then this was renamed Dan Curtis's oh. Dracula. But he also borrowed from this one the fact that the original Dracula is the inspiration behind, or that, you know, Dracula is Dracula from history. Like he borrowed uh-huh. that from this movie as well. Coppola did. Coppola did. Oh, yeah. wow. That's really interesting. Yeah, when you hear Bram Stoker's Dracula, I feel like you think of the Coppola version. Yeah. Because that's how it was marketed and everything. Yeah, and that's, you know, that, like, this is, like, a Dracula with, like, a history. But, yeah, Mm -hmm. you know, Dan Curtis was doing this back in 73, so. (laughs) But how this relates to the Tommy Wiseau scene is that, yeah, like, Lucy in this one is, 
like re- like it reminds Dracula of historical bride. There's a uh-huh. very cheesy painting hanging up in Dracula's picture. That's like a, a real painting with like Jack Palance's face, like crappily kind of like painted on top of the thing, and then the <laughs> actress who plays Lucy's face is kind of crappily painted on top of some other lady yeah, in it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so he he tries to make Lucy his vampire bride, and you know, and it's like in every other adaptation of Dracula where Lucy becomes a vampire, and then they kill her. So like Dracula goes down into like Lucy's tomb, and he's like, Lucy, I'm here, and he goes down, and she's just like dead, dead, you know, from like being staked, uh-huh. and he has like a flashback to how his historical wife, you know, when he was Vlad Tepish, was like dead on the bed, uh-huh. and you know, in he's like sitting there, he's like crying. There's like guards holding him back, and then it flashes back to him in the present day, and he just like goes ape shit on this room and just starts knocking shit over and it's and it's like every best b movie where it's just like one long take of him just like going around the room and just knocking shit off mm-hmm. and it's it's great yeah we need more room fucking up scenes and it's things. uh well i think tommy wiseau did that because of citizen kane seen, i think so yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like it's like it's extra hilarious to see. I don't know. <laughs> well, and it's just Jack Palance too, because he's just like drunk and kind of unruly seeming, and he's. Yeah, we were discussing earlier if he was drunk the entire time he was filming. <laughs> <laughs> did did he know that they were filming him? I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, so that's another similarity. Yeah, that they're both kind of. Draculas that try to attach the historical Dracula uh-huh. to this Dracula, which right. has nothing to do with that. What are some other similarities? Um, um, so they, they these both have the well, both... baptism of blood scene in it. The, right, right, the right. scene in the book where you know Dracula cuts his chest open and forces Lucy to you know suck the blood out of it. Right, uh, which hasn't been in any of the adaptations we've seen so far, like even the Christopher Lee ones. Right, uh, which are you know kind of more trying to be with the story than like the other ones which were adapted off the play or you know mm. off brand you know knockoffs or whatever uh but yeah this has the scene you know these both have the scene where you know dracula cuts his chest open forces her to drink it, and it's supposed to be evocative of mm-hmm. you know him forcing her to like go down on him right and uh one of these does this a little more subtler than the other <laughs> and we'll let you guess which one that is yeah it's, the uh <laughs> it's the one starring the the broadway actor not the one starring a puffy man <laughs> Yeah, that it gets really psychedelic in the Franklin Jello one when uh, yeah, scene, it goes into like a whole James Bond title sequence type thing. Well, one more similarity they both have in common is that they both have transfusions in them. Oh yes, which none of the other movies have really done. I don't think. Well, no, no, no the Alfred one, out. Al- you know, the Christopher Lee one has a scene, I think, where they try to do a blood transfusion. They do. And then I think it made us realize that they've never, except the, the Frank Langella <laughs> version, they yeah. never mentioned anything about uh, people having different types of blood. No, and yeah. How you can't just like, you know. <laughs> you can't just give anyone blood. Yeah, that's something I keep meaning to bring up in these episodes. And I just keep forgetting. Yeah, like in the book Dracula, like anybody's just like, I'll give her blood. Yeah. And then they do and it's like and it works fine. But in, that's in that's the, not how blood works, Bram Stoker. In the Dan Curtis one, it's like you at one point you see like a one of the maids giving her a blood yeah. transfusion. Uh, yeah. It's always... that's, that's probably why she keeps dying is because <laughs> they, they don't get how blood works. Like. Like, I, I feel like even in 1897, when Dracula came out, they probably knew that you can't just put anybody's blood into you. Right. Right? Like, I, like I'm not, like, a medical historian or anything, but that seems... Yeah, so, in uh, yeah in the Frank Langella version, Donald Pleasant says, like, I hope one of us has the same blood type. Yeah, so they, they at least throw, like, a throwaway line in there to be, like, we found one person. 
But, you know, like, it's it's believable that, like, one person would have the blood type. It's, like, weird in the book when there's, like, six <laughs> blood transfusions and they just kind of get, they're just, like, grabbing people to, yeah. like, left and right. Like, you give her blood. And, like, yeah. So. Yeah, I think Bram Stoker got a little, he got a little crazy with the characters. <laughs> He's like, well, we need, like, six characters to give Lucy a blood transfusion. So I'm going to write six characters and give them all <laughs> individual names and personalities. Yeah, there's yeah, it, there's so many characters and, and these movies I think kind of wisely condensed down because you don't you don't need all those people to no. have the story of Dracula work. No. And that's like, why like Bram yeah. Stoker does a good enough job giving them all kind of things to do and characters, but you can easily pare these people down and you know, have the same story mm-hmm. effectively. Definitely. All all the multiple men do is add like weird sexual undertones to the book and that they're like all like weirdly like like all of them feel like giving blood is like such a like a like a weird intimate thing. And, yeah. you know, like the husband, you know, Arthur is offended that like other men gave her blood. It's like, what do you care? Like <laughs> Arthur. Arthur becomes a much bigger character in some of these yeah. adaptations. It becomes like a buddy film. Like the Christopher Lee one was like Arthur and Van Helsing. Yeah, it was, Empire it, Hunters. It, it was It was the Alfred and, and Grand Moff Tarkin show. And this one, yeah, Arthur is also like a similarly boosted character. Yeah, this yeah. one has, the, the Dan Curtis one really has in common with the Christopher Lee one a, a lot of things. It, it takes, you know, the elements of how Jonathan Harker is in the beginning and then mm-hmm. he's kind of just done away with right away. Yeah. He's yeah. just like killed off and taken off the table and then the end of the movie is more of Arthur Holmwood teamed up mm-hmm. with Van Helsing, which is something you don't typically right, see right. too much or think about, you yeah, know. Yeah, the Dan Curtis version we uh, notice he looks a lot like Topher Grace. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of great 70s haircuts in both movies we watched tonight. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, yeah, Arthur Homewood, he kind of looks like, yeah, Topher Grace meets Luke Skywalker. Yeah. <laughs> he also kind of resembles a little bit the little boy from H.R. Puff and stuff, if we have any Sid and Marty Croft fans listening. It's what, like, I kind of hate about, I mean, just when, you know, time passes in general. Like, you go back and watch a movie from the 70s, even if it takes place in the 1800s, it still looks like it was made in the 70s. Yeah, oh yeah, it looks <laughs> that, so... This cr- is, like, a perfect example of that. Yeah, so like yeah, like we talked about, this movie's a little low budget. So there's like, like I was looking online, they filmed this a lot in Yugoslavia and somewhere else in Europe, I want to say, and they kind of just found like old castles that were already abandoned. They got a lot yeah. of exteriors, but there's a lot of shots in this where they're just obviously like inside some building or like inside like someone's like big house, uh-huh. and it's like it yeah, like the coloring's very funky. There's a lot of like the '70s kind of just yeah. like big carpets and very 70s like you know greens and rust oranges and things like that yeah uh yeah this the the low budgetness of this movie i i wanted to bring this up real quick did you notice at the beginning of the movie at one point dracula's talking and there's they do one of those zooms and uh-huh. you see at one point like the the boom mic reflected on the, oh. the back wall like you see the shadow of I the boom mic that, and it like moves stuff. in the shot yeah so it's like <laughs> This movie's like, yeah, so cheap looking, but that's kind of part of the charm of it is that it's just, it's yeah. like, it, it, it's the most B movie Dracula. And I have to say of the two movies we watched tonight, obviously the Frank Langella one's like the bigger and better made, but I think I kind of enjoyed the Dan Curtis one more <laughs> yeah. because it's like one, it's like way more faithful, you know, adaptation wise and two, it looks so cheap and yeah. three Jack Palance is just like a mess. Yeah. It's way more fun to watch that one. So if you're, if you're a fan of like good, bad movies, you would probably enjoy the Dan Curtis one. But if you're looking for like a, the best like version of Dracula to watch where you're getting everything, I don't know. I don't know if this is that. 
I guess we can transition into the Frank Langella yeah. one. There's not much. Yeah, like the 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 plotting of the Dan Curtis Dracula is more or less just the it's the plotting of the book. Yeah. yeah, and the and the plotting of the Frank Langella one, which we'll start talking about now, is very much the based off the Dean and Balderston. Dean and Balderston. Thank you. I knew it was something like that. Uh, yeah, so, th- yeah, the 1979 Dracula is based off of that, which, as we talked about in our Bela Lugosi episode, mm-hmm. which that is also based off of, is the Dracula where we get Dracula who interacts with our characters, who is who is a human-looking Dracula, who isn't just, like, a creep right from the get-go, yeah. and is, you know, like, yeah. a, a monster lurking in the shadows. So this takes that, and then it amps it up by, like, a thousand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it starts with Dracula coming... London, it starts right? with Dracula coming to London. Yeah, the the play which it's based off of. Yeah, like Dracula. I I don't even think like the ship thing. Like I think that's already happened by the time the play starts. I think Lucy's already dead by the time the play starts. Yeah, yeah. And so this movie has that same kind of feel, and that the ship scene takes place at like the very very beginning, mm-hmm. and it feels like Jurassic Park almost a oh, little bit, totally, yeah. where there's like there's like a thing in a crate, yeah, and it's like shaking. Shoot up. <laughs> yeah, it's it's that scene, yeah. And you see like a hairy arm kind of burst out of it. And uh Yeah, but it's funny, it's like the ship crashes in and they're like, Are there any survivors? And they're like, just one, count Dracula. And it's like Dracula's just like he's you know, obviously he's fine, he's not dead. Yeah. But he's Well, a dog launches off the boat. Oh, that's right. Dude. Which is oh, a thing that happens in the book that this carries over. Mm-hmm. Uh and uh and Lucy, I think it's this is the one with the flipped around names, right? I think so. So the Frank Langella Dracula, they for some just to fuck with me because they knew I would try to make a podcast thirty years later, where I have to talk about all of them. They fucked with the names, and uh, so I think Lucy and Mina are flipped in this one. So it's Mina goes down to the boat after it's crashed in because uh-huh. the, this whole thing, for convenience' sake, all takes place in Whitby. Right. And so the boat crashes. Whitby is the vacation place in the book where they go, where the boat crash happens. But it's very separate from everything else that happens in the book. And in this, like, everybody kind of lives there. I think that's where Carfax is located. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which I noticed in in this one watching at one point, you know, the, they go past Carfax Abbey. And I think it just says Carfax on the front of it. It says Carfax Estate at one point. It's a, yeah. It's, no, it's, but that might have been the other movie. that might have been these movies are all blurring together in our heads L- listeners if you're listening we've officially reached dracula fatigue i think and we're kind of losing our minds a little bit uh but all i could think of when i saw that is uh isn't there like a website called carfax oh yeah, like Car show, show me the carfax yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there's a carfax yeah so now that's all i can think of when i i see that now great now that's all i'm gonna think <laughs> it's it's in your head now too but show me the carfax that's yeah. that's a sketch waiting to happen. So it's yeah. Sorry, I'm just derailing because I don't want to talk about these awful movies. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean the plot's like it's like kind of flipped around in this one. So like it begins with yeah. the boat sequence. It begins with the and, boat, yeah, and, and him in London, and then like and yeah, and Lucy runs out and he turns into a dog. Right. He, he, he pops off the boat and he, <laughs> he goes flies into a, in this one. He, turns he goes into, into a, a cave. Yeah. And Lucy goes in and finds him, and he's just like passed out on the ground and. That's how he kind of gets his way to London in this one. He's like the only survivor on the boat. Yeah. And doesn't her, doesn't Lucy's dad, well, Lucy's dad is Donald Pleasance. From Lucy's dad Halloween. is Donald Pleasance <laughs> from Halloween fame. Yeah. He's, he's Dr. Seward in this one, uh-huh. which and he like works in like a mental institution. He works in the creepiest fucking yeah. mental institution where everyone. They're just all loose. And they're, they're, just... they're all loose, but it, it's, it's weird because it's like. It's like a prison, but it's not a prison. Yeah. So it's like it's got like cages and cells and like weird platforms and corridors and like everyone's like 
like it feels like everyone's a criminal and should be behind bars but they're also just like roaming free yeah but also like it's also it's i mean inexplicably they made it 1913 1917 i think okay but yeah like yeah they randomly just chose the year 1917 for this which i think the dan curtis one takes place in 1897 like the book like the book yeah uh yeah they just randomly chose that Uh, is that just so they could have that goofy car in the movie (laughs) (laughs) i think so yeah must have been because there's a ridiculous car in this movie that everyone drives with silly driving goggles on because it's like open air yeah and there's also the greatest uh slow motion aside from the fugitive maybe i think that was like the best (laughs) the best cinematic jump yeah yeah there's yeah there's a there's a chase at the end of this movie where dracula's coffin is on the well dracula's box is on the back of this like horse carriage and he's going toward the dock to be taken back to london where he's from and uh, all of our characters are chasing after him in the silly car. And uh, yeah, the driver jumps off the car. And it's like this this like slow-mo glory <laughs> shot for like a three-foot drop where a man falls off a, a horse carriage into some grass. And he dies inexplicably yeah. from a very low-impact fall. This movie does have some great deaths in it, like uh, when Renfield dies. Oh, yeah, so Renfield yeah. gets... Uh, like Which, by the way, this is the worst version of Renfield in any of these yeah, movies. Yeah, he's just like he's an like, obnoxious little... Like, he's not even trying. Like He's, he's, he's kind of just like Dracula's henchman in this. He doesn't really have any purpose like some of the adaptations we've talked... He's just like doing talk- his errands, though. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's just like his whipping boy. Like, in some of the adaptations we've watched, like he's, you know, like the Jonathan Harker part, kind of. Mm-hmm. Or he's, you know, like inexplicably Jonathan Harker's boss. He does eat a lot of bugs in this. Movie. He does eat a lot of bugs in this. Yeah, but he's just... Yeah, he's like that, but he's... In in his cell at the end of the movie and dracula comes in and is mad because he accidentally revealed dracula's plot to all of our characters and he he turns he turns his head like all the way around on his body like he grabs him by the head and he in in renfield turns into a bad dummy for this one shot and he turns his head all the way around on his body yeah. and then drops him and his eyes are kind of goofy. so that's one of dracula's powers is turning people into a bad dummy also before he kills them <laughs> But yeah, this this Dracula is a very sympathetic one. We were talking about how the 70s was trying to make Dracula more sympathetic, how Interview with a Vampire kind of made sexy vampires happen, and how our other Draculas yeah. in the past have been kind of attractive to women historically, but like weren't trying to be in this one. He's very like, yeah. he's like romancing, you know, Lucy the the mina character traditionally but the names are flipped yeah he's romancing you know lucy and you know lucy goes over to his place to have dinner when they go to pick up uh dr van helsing who's mina's father in this which yeah. is how he comes into the stories mina dies mina van helsing yeah in this one you know mina dies like she does in the story so they go to pick up van helsing but dracula also invites them to dinner at the same time mm-hmm. and mina who's like inexplicably like attracted to dracula is like well you go to pick up van helsing and i'll go to dinner just as a courtesy and so even though she's engaged and it's like weird to to do that she goes and and she seems to kind of be attracted to dracula on her own in this one a little more than in the other adaptations like in the other ones she's kind of you know been drawn to dracula but it's always very clearly like hypnotism or something yeah and she does kind of fall under dracula's spell in this one as well but there seems to be like some initial attraction as well that kind of brings her to him yeah, when the movie starts out, he's like, 
they play him off like he's just kind of like a ladies man yeah like oh yeah this is the most like rock and roll like <laughs> vegas like elvis version of like dracula <laughs> like he he's like just wearing like these like billowy shirts that are like unbuttoned halfway down he's yeah. got the big cape on with the no, big back no fangs he doesn't have fangs he doesn't do the really. fangs in this one his hair is just like voluminous and seems to change volume in every shot he's in he and does he, turn into a bat he does cool. turn into a bat he turns into a pretty cool bat a couple times. There's a great shot where he gets hit by a shovel and like in shot, like he turns into a bat, like right as he's hit with a shovel and it's, it's kind of neat yeah. looking. Yeah. Uh, he's always accompanied by a fan and dry ice wherever he is. <laughs> the dry ice mo- budget for this movie is insane. Yeah, like it's a lot of dry ice. And he, he like always has like a fan pointed at him, like Scott Stapp or something like in a Creed music video. Yeah. And if John Williams didn't do like while we were watching this, like if this wasn't John Williams, score this movie would be complete trash oh no like, yeah it's like it, john williams did he had a lot of like work to do on this movie yeah it's and it, he pulled it off he did a good job yeah the music's like good like we were talking about like i was expecting to just hear like you know like throwaway tracks from like star wars that he didn't want anymore but like <laughs> it seems like he really sat down and tried to make a, a good score for this movie yeah because well i mean i guess we should talk about this was kind of a big deal that they did this because they brought uh dracula the play that this is based off of back to broadway they did like a big revival frank langella was dracula on broadway for that mm-hmm. uh people you know really responded to that you know like the ladies were really into it like they were bella lugosi like it was a whole big thing so universal was like we should do another movie you know there's all you know there's another big version of dracula like in the theater like there was back in the day this yeah. is our time to like do that again and we have you know the technology's better everything's better mm-hmm. we're gonna do this is like the big hollywood version of dracula we're gonna do so you know i i could see how they could sell that to john williams you know and he's like really given it is all but it's this one just really i don't know well there's <laughs> like also the you know i know there's a story behind why it looks the way it does like the desaturation of the colors. oh yeah but yeah yeah the look of this movie is like so ugly so i watched yeah, this i on... was watching it and i thought something was wrong with my tv because it just looks so faded yeah so like yeah like i i bought this off of off of you know apple tv or whatever and i was watching it and i'm just like and it just looks so weird and like it's almost black and white but it's not quite and yeah. it just looks like unnatural and i'm like what the fuck's going on so like i looked it up and it turns out when this movie was made back in 79 like I guess the director wanted to do it in black and white to kind of be like a homage to the Bela Lugosi Dracula, but the studio didn't want that. Like, he wanted a black right. and white movie, but with, like, the gore of, like, the play that was happening at the time. Like, that that kind of combination of, like, the classic look, but, like, the updated kind of, like, violence and kind of sexuality and everything. Yeah, But the, the studio didn't want that, and they wanted him to, like, really film it in what they called, like, golden colors. Ugh. So he, he did that, and... uh which I'm sure, like, probably has problems, too, if you watch it. But so when they released it in the 90s on Laserdisc, I want to say, like, he went back and he colored, he digitally. See, uh, in, uh, yeah, 1991, he went back and altered the color timing. Yeah, and you can tell it was, like, done digitally because it doesn't look like this was filmed on, like, you know, actual film in mm-hmm. the 70s and, like, something about, yeah, it looks like if you took, like, if you took like a DVD of Dracula and put it into like iMovie and like turned like the saturation knob all the way down on everything. Yeah. Like it, it just looks weird and, and not natural. And it's just like, well, it says this and on blah, Wiki- like in, on Wikipedia in 2018 in English language, uh, you know, standard widescreen ratio version of the original theatrical color timing emerged online Oh. and began circulating among fans. Hmm. I wish I had found that. 
I just I watched that before I spent five dollars. Yeah, on, uh, this on was Apple on TV. Uh, this was on HBO Now. That's the version I watched. Oh, okay. Well, uh, I'm sure. Yeah, it's the same one because yeah. yeah, they haven't released the. This is like the the George Lucas special edition of, <laughs> of Dracula movies. This was like well received. Roger Ebert gave it three and a half out of four stars. Oh, and he wrote, "What an elegantly seen Dracula this is! All shadows and blood and vapors and Frank Langella stalking through with the grace of a cat." <laughs> Well, yeah, I guess we should talk a little bit about like Frank Langella's like interpretation of Dracula because he's gotten a lot of shit for it over the years, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, because to him, like I'm reading this uh, right now off the computer, like they're talking about how uh, according to Frank Langella, Count Dracula was a dominant aggressive force. He must have Miss Lucy or he dies. He wants what he wants and he doesn't analyze it. Dracula as a character is very erotic. A woman can be totally passive with Dracula. He made me drink. I couldn't help it. Dracula seems to represent a kind of doorway to sexual abandonment not pass- not possible with a mere mortal. Besides, he's offering immortality. Actually, I can't think of a woman who wouldn't like to be taken if it's with love. If you take a woman by force and at the same time gently, you can't fall. So whatever the fuck that means, like, he, he, he thought Dracula was, like, a very dignified and and like suave character and you you shouldn't really see like dracula being like monstrous at people like like dracula is a, a monster but like you don't he's like he's like james bond kind of where it's like you know like james yeah. bond kills people but he doesn't sweat he doesn't age he I was you just know thinking if the like like frank and frank langella could get like me too for these comments oh for <laughs> Someone's sure gonna unearth these and be like what the fuck like yeah he had yeah he has like some weird views but like like at the same like it's it's not a good interpretation. Well, it's it's I don't think it's personally what I want out of Dracula like as an interpretation, but at the same time you have to do something different. Yeah. And that's like a weird thing with these movies we watch tonight is that they're what makes them so kind of middle of the road and mediocre, I think, and why, you know, no one no one when they're picturing Dracula in their head is thinking of the Frank Langella Dracula. No one's picturing Puffy Jack Palance. <laughs> and, you know, and the reason for that is that they're they're so kind of mediocre, middle of the road. Mm-hmm. And part of that is because they're basically identical in a lot of ways to what it came before, but then the things they choose to change are just, like, so weird yeah. and just, like, why... Yeah, so different from, like, what Coppola did, yeah. making it such a different, like, visual thing, but, like... Yeah, and they're, yeah. and they're like, they don't change enough with the movies to make them, like, their own thing, mm-hmm. but they're not, like... But if you do everything completely the same, like, it's, like, what's the point? And so it's, like, it's like these studios trying to play things safe and like, you know, Dark Shadows is popular and, you know, Anne Rice is popular and all, all trying to hedge their bets. And what they create is like this weird mm-hmm. kind of like blah thing that lives yeah. kind of in the middle. And, you know, and the drag, the portrayal of Dracula is what these movies kind of lives or dies on. I feel like as the series goes on, like because the Dan Curtis one was a really good movie, but that Dracula is just not good and that kind of kills the whole movie meanwhile <laughs> meanwhile the bell lugosi dragley watches a shit movie but but he does, does so yeah. good and he's kind of what makes it and yeah uh, go figure that's what you need to make a good dracula movie yeah, a decent dracula. you just need a good dracula yeah like if you can if you can get like someone who's solid and just like is that character then that's you can have just the worst movie apparently and that's what yeah. it lives and dies on yeah um so like I'm trying to think of like who in the 70s would i have liked to have seen play dracula yeah is there anyone who would be like pacino christopher walken he would be christopher great. walken would have been a solid dracula yeah. i was trying to think of like pacino would be too pacino about <laughs> pacino. it like he, he's like <laughs> i don't drink <laughs> wine <laughs> 
Um, Creatures of the night. <laughs> what music they make. Uh, Let's do Dracula quote. Wow. <laughs> Your wafers can't stop me. Yeah, there's yeah. that's a thing that shows up in the Frank Langella one is wafers finally make an appearance oh, in one yeah. of these. That's in the book is he puts wafers in the coffin. <laughs> if anyone Man. was wondering what my wafers shouting was, who else? Marlon Brando maybe. Brando would have been good. <laughs> Brando, Brando would have been good in like 1950 maybe. Yeah, you have to you have to get Brando before like a, you have to get him kind of like pre Godfather because that's yeah. kind of when he stops trying. Yeah, that's when you get like like Apocalypse Now Brando when they have to like shoot him in shadow because he's like so fat they can't have him on on the screen. Uh, uh, I just want to do like twenty minutes of just Pacino as Dracula now. Yeah, no, maybe we should make that. Up <laughs> like, a, I'm trying to think of other just weird Dracula shit to say. <laughs> I don't know. Dracula doesn't talk in a lot of these movies. That's a weird thing I'm discovering as this series Starting goes along. Is he's like, <laughs> yeah. Well, he talks a lot in the Langella version. In the Langella one, yeah, yeah he, has, he has like a full date night and everything in yeah. that, where he's you know like making the moves on Miss Lucy, yeah, and all that kind of stuff. Um, what powers does? I guess we could talk a little bit about his appearance and his powers because, mm-hmm. like, yeah, they really don't innovate with his appearance at all. He just kind of looks like what you think Dracula should look like. Cape. Yeah, like even because, yeah, we were talking about them like hedging their bets and playing it safe, like the Dan Curtis one, you know, like they're trying really hard to tell like this very accurate story of Dracula, but at the same time, he just looks like Bela Lugosi Dracula. Uh And you know, there's some studio heads like, you gotta have him look like Dracula. (laughs) We can't have him look too different. People won't know it's Dracula if he doesn't look like Dracula. Cut to the Gary Oldman Dracula where he just (laughs) looks like a creep. Um, Yeah, but then you also have, you know, like Dracula 2000, where I think he just wears like a leather jacket. And that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's just, it's just Gerard Butler with his leather trench coat and no shirt on underneath. <laughs> so that's why, you know, I kind of dig the cape, the yeah. classic look. But I also like uh, Nosferatu. That look is oh, That look is solid, yeah. yeah. But the Frank Langella Dracula, yeah, he's got the big Dracula cape on, but then he's all about just like, he has a lot of wardrobe changes in this, but they're all just like big, billowy, like the pirate shirt from that Seinfeld episode kind of looking deals. Yeah. And, very unbuttoned like halfway down like the super in your building you know he needed more chest hair i felt that would have really added to his <laughs> kind of thing some medallions uh, around his neck he has he, a very kind of elvisy like glam rocky kind of vibe to it, him it's the same director as um saturday Night fever oh yeah yeah the direct the director of this movie is john makes, badham who makes a lot of sense actually he, he directed war games as well you know travolta in the 70s would have been a good dracula <laughs> whoa i can't be out in the sun ma you can stake me all you want but don't touch my hand it's <laughs> just gonna turn into like the bad impressions show uh i'm not good at impressions i'm not even gonna attempt whoa <laughs> no you, you get you get a travolta van helsing and you get a, a pacino dracula that's yeah, a movie yeah, yeah all right now we're van helsing <laughs> Come here! <laughs> Your will's too strong. I can stand real still. I don't know. I don't know where this is going. <laughs> I'm not. I didn't excel at improv. I know you can. You're all shocked and amazed no, by that. You're way better than I am at it. Even though I can't string an entire sentence together this whole episode. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Can you hear me? 
All right. Um, well, I think we talked, we talked enough about these. We, we've talked in, in length about these these kind of middle-of-the-road, mediocre Draculas. Would you recommend these? I, I mean, I wouldn't start with them. I think they're good to watch. If, but If you're an enthusiast and you're, like, really into horror yeah, and horror history, they're... I, I do want to watch the the version where the color is normal. Cause yeah. you could kind of tell that like, there was like a lot of like pretty amazing cinematography, like really beautiful shots, but they looked like shit because of the color. Yeah. Cause it's all like muted and washed out. And yeah. And I did want to say when you're talking about shots that there was a great shot in the Dan Curtis one. I wanted to bring this up before we close out the, where the, the ship is crashed up on the shore and it's just like the still shot of the oh, guy yeah. tied to the wheel. And it yeah. kind of just does the super zoom, which the Dan Curtis Dracula is such a fan of just like snap zooms yes. on people. There's so many shots where I people are it. far away and then they zoom in real fast. It, particularly on his face on Jack Bounce. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it like mid sneeze or confused like drunken like dove face but yeah there's the shot of the boat and like you know the background's kind of blurry then the depth of field changes to where like the boat's blurry and dracula's in the background he's just standing on the beach next to his box and then it does that like quick zoom on him yeah and, uh, and i was like that's a neat shot he's just standing there on the beach and the waves are crashing he's next to his box yeah that's that's about all i had to say about yeah. the But, uh, but yeah, Jack Palance death, which is just laughably bad. <laughs> oh God, yeah, we should talk about the deaths real quick. Yeah, so like, yeah, Dracula dies in the Frank Langella one by like he gets like the undefeatable death. If anyone's ever seen the movie Undefeatable, starring <laughs> Cynthia Rock, he gets hooked. That ends with a man, yeah, dying by getting a hook through his eye and then like yeah. hoisted up through the ceiling in a way. Dracula, you know, he he stakes Van Helsing. Van Helsing dies in this one, oddly. Uh-huh. which is a different thing yes and uh van helsing they're on they're on the boat the that's taken dracula back to london where they kind of like you know intercept him and they get on board uh so dracula stake van helsing and van helsing finds this like hook hanging from the ceiling he just like whips it at dracula and it catches dracula in the back and then they hit like a lever and then he's just like hoisted into the into air the sunlight into the sunlight where he's just like dangling off a hook in his back and he burns alive and you're like you're watching it like yeah that's how you kill a dracula <laughs> that's how you do it yeah meanwhile the dan curtis jack palance one he's kind of just like they rip down all the blinds where the sun's on him and he kind of just looks like annoyed <laughs> and he he's kind of just like yeah there's not going to be any attempt at special they're not here. gonna try <laughs> they're just like yeah we don't have any budget just you know act like you got stabbed yeah yeah and the scene before that yeah jack palance had like fucked the whole room up so there's like tables <laughs> overturned he has another tommy wiseau scene there's like two or three scenes where he just like fucks a room up and i'm mm-hmm. not sure it, that's not just him just being him on set and mad that he's in this movie but he but yeah they ripped down all the blinds he's like being hit with all the sunlight and then they kind of just like and he just looks annoyed and he's like ah. and then like van helsing grabs a giant spear and then just like kind of pins him to one of the tables that he fucked up yeah and there's like <laughs> he's kind of just like standing there there's no music then he just like stabs him they do one of those quick zooms and it's like <laughs> and then he's just stabbed and then they just kind of like leave him alone in the room yeah jack palance does a pretty bad job of pretending like he's not breathing yeah like like some blood like comes out of his mouth and they, they do a decent job with the deaths when people get staked a little bit of blood comes out of their mouth yeah. you're like okay but yeah, they stake Dracula and he kind of like vertically onto this table. He's kind of just like pinned. And then like kind of uh, Harker and Van Helsing look at each other like, well, if he's dead. Yeah. And they just like walk out of the room. <laughs> There's just like a comical long shot of him just like pinned to this table. And then it cuts to the bad painting of him as Dracula from a long time ago. And then there's some text saying, this Dracula was actually the Dracula from a long, long time ago. And then the movie's over. Yeah. 
It's a lot of exposition for the last five seconds of the movie. <laughs> You're like, oh, that's neat, I guess. But yeah, so that's that's basically everything with these movies. But yeah, I would rec- I would recommend if you're into watching like good bad movies, like if you have kind of like a B movie yeah. thing, I would recommend watching the Dan Curtis one. I don't think you're really missing much by not watching the the Frank Langella yeah, one. The Langella one ends where uh, like it seems like they're opening it up for a sequel. Yeah. Oh but, yeah. After he's hoisted it in the air, like you see like like uh, like some like his cape kind of floating yeah. off, or and like it looks, looks kind of like a kite or something. Yeah, it could be a kite. It could be a bat. It could be and a like. Cape. And at the end, like you, like Lucy or Mina, whoever the fuck it is, like you, you're supposed to believe that she goes back to normal, but she kind of like smiles at the cape. So she's just kind of like Team Dracula, like the the like the female lead in the Langella one is like so Team Dracula the entire movie. Like she is like on board to like bone Dracula. God, could you just I. Just the way this movie ended, like I pictured people watching it, like, you know, opening night or whatever in a theater and walking out and going, oh, it was so beautiful. <laughs> it's like, you want to go home and fuck now that we've seen Dracula? <laughs> Which we should also bring up, speaking of weird Frank Langella quotes that he's claimed through the years that like men often come up to him and say that like after they took their girlfriend or wife or whatever to see Dracula, that they had such great sex afterwards. <sighs> Which is weird if it's actually is true. That why would anyone tell Frank Langella that? But I feel like that's just him just being weird and cr- I don't know. Yeah. We're probably please don't sue us, Mr. Langella, if you ever <laughs> find this. Uh, uh, I think he's got better things to do. Uh, this is all uh, alleged in our our you know conjecture. But uh, but yeah, so that's I guess what I would have to say about this. Yeah, the Frank Langella one is just trying way too hard mm-hmm. in the end. Yeah. And it just feels it feels so big in Hollywood and sell outish. It feels more like big and sell outish in Hollywood than the Francis Ford Coppola one, oddly, <laughs> which that one has its own host of issues. But right. And well, but that well, one's executed a little bit better. Eight years later, Frank Langella would play Skeletor in Masters of the Universe. Yeah, he was Skeletor. Oh, my God. Which also <laughs> ends in like a weird sequel bait ending yeah, that never comes to never fruition anywhere. Frank Langella is the king of the the sequel tease that never comes to be. Um, but yeah, so that's that was. Thanks for putting up with me as I stammered my way tonight <laughs> through talking about Dan Curtis Dracula and the Frank Langella Dracula. Uh, so our next episode, we're going to be talking about the 1979 Werner Herzog Nosferatu. Yeah, that'll be it's... that'll be fun. Yeah, that's a that's a great one, and it oddly came out at the exact same year as the Frank. Langella Dracula 70s man they were all about Dracula they were all about Dracula and that year particular had three Dracula movies it had 70 79 oh 79 yeah Yeah, the Frank Langella Dracula came out the Herzog Nosferatu came out and then uh love at first bite was Uh it it's based on Dracula. That was well. It was it was the it's the George Hamilton comedy where he plays like he's basically playing Dracula. He's dressed yeah. as Dracula more or less. I don't yeah. remember if he is or not. It's been a billion years since I've seen that. Yeah. All I remember is that he's like the tannest vampire ever. <laughs> but there's there this was just like vampire overload in '79 apparently. But yeah, we'll talk about the Werner Herzog Nosferatu next time and. Uh, cool and yeah so that's that's been our show thanks so, for listening yeah your homework is to watch the nosferatu the Werner herzog heard i can't say his name <laughs> Werner herzog nosferatu yeah there you go i just gave you homework <laughs> uh okay all right well from all of us here at hacks on drag we'd like to say good evening, good evening.